Dudes and dudettes, Michelangelo here just to tell you that you are listening to the Points of Interest podcast. Am I right? Did I get that right? Absolutely. All right, absolutely. Bodacious Cowabunga! An elegant weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. An elegant weapon for the more civilized age. This is Ryan Stegman, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. The more you accept herbs, the more you accept Rastafari. You dig what I say? We who accept herbs. Herb is not, herb is important, but herb is more important to the people who don't accept it yet because that is the reality. I mean, it's not Sarelen, um, um, Sarelen is something that you crave, but you check it in your sense and say, herb. Herb is a plant. I mean, herbs are good for everything. Why, why these people who want to do so much good for everyone, who call themselves governments and this and that, why them say you must not use the herb? You see? And we check that and we can't find, we just see them just say, no, you mustn't use it, you mustn't use it because it make you rebel. Against what? Excuse me while I light my spray. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 92. It's February 6th, 2014. Happy birthday, Tough Gong. Happy birthday, Bob Marley. It's a a special day. Um, It's a sad thing to have lost Bob Marley when we did, of course. But he lives on like no other, in my opinion. I, I I think back to, or I think about the things that maybe could have been accomplished, but, you know, you can't really dwell on what can't be. 
So uh, that's what it is tonight, kids. Right now, we're hanging out. It's Bob Marley. What would have been his 69th birthday, uh, hanging out with me tonight, is our good friend Stan. What's up, brother? What's going on, my friend? How are you? I am excellent, sir. It's a sad day, but a happy day at the same time. You know what I mean? Yes, it's very both. <laughs> are, you a, are you a big Bob guy, or are you kind of like everybody's a Bob guy? Uh, no, no, I'm pretty big. I'm pretty big into Bob Marley, man. Uh, if it wasn't for him, I would have had some very misspent years. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Bob's. Bob's a, a strange fixture in my life for me because, like, he's obviously one of the most inspire inspiring individuals around, or to have been around, I should say. He controlled the whole country at one point. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> now, I I'm all about Bob. And Bob's message, and there's a little bit of contradiction in there for me. Okay, let me let me start this more clearly. As as any as most people know, I am not a super religious individual. I'm no missionary. I don't even believe in Jeebus. <laughs> and it's a bit of a of a I don't even know a paradox, I guess you could say, because I'm such a big Bob Marley fan. Um, I'm so inspired and in awe of all the things he accomplished and the artist and genius that he was, yet everything for him was driven, for the most part of his life, from his religion, from his faith, right? Yes. And it's strange for me because I'm, I'm a big proponent of that you can have morality and goodness and love without religion. Like, you don't need to be religious to be moral, right? And not at all. Yeah, and uh, it's it's strange for me because he's the one guy that makes me not care. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. even though I don't agree with anything he believed in, or thought of, or any of that kind of stuff, you can't help but believe in the simpler messages that came out of that, like love conquers all and love unites all. You know what I mean? So yeah, absolutely. it's a paradox for me because I, I, I so support his message. It's just it's it's odd where it came from. Like, it's not odd where it came from, but do you know what I mean? Like, I, I do. Like, I do. That's a, Rastafarianism yeah. is a very different religion, but it's very close to Christianity in a lot of ways. It's very – but, you know, like I said before, you know, the invisible man in the sky – is different for everyone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's what, because Rastafarianism is pretty much like a Christian sect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, say, go ahead. No, I, well, it, you know, it's quasi political, but uh, the whole Haile Selassie. Absolutely. Uh, for anybody who like doesn't know, the out hatred, there, and it's just quite, quite filled with hatred in some ways. It can be, absolutely. It's. Uh, I'll give a, a quick overview to our wonderful listeners who actually may not be familiar with Rastafarianism. Um, the idea of Rastafarianism is that, uh, you know, it's quoted in the Bible at several points that Jesus will return. In, uh, and, and it can also be interpreted that he will return at different times and in different incantations. He almost, he's almost like a time lord in a way. And, you know, occasionally he regenerates <laughs> into a new form, right? <laughs> Exterminate. Yeah, yeah. Exterminate. 
Now, what the Rastas believe is that back in the 60s, the emperor of Ethiopia, Haley Selassie, they believe that he was the next coming of Christ. He was the Ras Tafari. And uh, yeah, that's basically the, the basics of it. Or, you know, so they believe that he was the next coming of Christ. And, uh, you know, they followed him and his teachings. And he was a wonderful man. He was, uh, you know, he, he was a wonderful emperor. And if you, if you haven't heard his speech to the UN, it's actually uh, the Bob Marley song War. If you ever listen to the song War, that's a song he wrote from the, from the words and the speech that Haley Selassie gave the United Nations. So it's cool stuff, and he was a great man, and uh, it, it fed everything Bob did. But it, Bob almost transcended it in a way. Do you know what I mean? He mm -hmm. almost he, – he didn't preach the religion aspect. Like he used it to preach love, but it wasn't like he was a, like a, a wandering prophet or anything. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, and that was a beautiful thing. Even to Bob – it got to a point where he understood that it transcend, transcended his own religion, that, you know, it, it came down to that all humanity should be able to live together in peace and love. That simple, right? Yeah. Regardless of your religion or whatever. So that's one thing I do greatly admire, that he took it even beyond that. It wasn't that, you know, he never preached to people that, that they needed to be found and, and Selassie was the only way to do that. It was a way to do that, and it was his way to do that, but he never pushed on anybody else that idea. The only thing he ever pushed was love. Like, can you can you name a single other proponent in the history of the world to be that behind the basic, simple premise of love than Bob Marley? Uh, he's right up there. <laughs> John Lennon, maybe? I would – yeah, that would be the immediate next guest. These two guys were warriors for love. You know what I mean? They weren't yeah. just like preaching peace and love, hippy-dippy bullshit. These guys were like – would fight the fucking darkness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So happy birthday, Bob. We miss you. The world is not the same without you. But, uh, you know, the message does live on. That's for sure. Have you made a lot of money out of your music? Money. I mean, what is, how, much is, how much is a lot of money to you? Yeah, that's a good question. Have, have you made, say, millions of dollars? No. Are you a rich man? What do you mean rich? What do you mean? Do you have a lot of possessions? A lot of uh, money in the bank? Possession make you rich? I don't, I don't have that type of richness. My richness is life forever. Hi, this is Mike Mignola, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. You and I have been chatting off and on at times about something we both share in common. And it's something you don't get you don't get to hear a lot about in, in the world of geekdom. It's almost too geeky for geeks. To to be into what we're gonna talk about right now, you almost are the nerd of nerddom to be into this thing <laughs> and i'm not exactly sure why but maybe stan and i will be able to figure it out but we are both very big fans of the highlander i've been alive for four and a half centuries i am immortal
<laughs> now, do, do you agree with me when I say that? You know, it's almost the nerdy thing of nerddom. Like, even nerds think Highlander's nerdy. I do believe in some cases, yes. I think it was the series that did it, to be honest with you. Because I once that Adrian Paul came on, I was like Duncan McCloud the whole way. I was like, oh my god, another one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm with from you. the same clan. Normally, How... <laughs> I'm not into that kind of crap. Normally, I'm into keeping it pure, and I hate. I've always hated on television when they make a television version of a movie and change shit. Mm-hmm. And this time, I gave it a chance because I loved the Highlander series so much, like the movie series. And I agree. I, I was right. I was right. Okay, he's not Connor. He's his own McLeod. It's it's highly coincidental, of course, that a mo- two immortals come out of the same fucking clan <laughs> in the same fucking Scottish hills. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, but I kind of like that's the one thing I was able to let to not worry about for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> It was the first thing I was able to let go of. Absolutely, for sure. It was like, uh, you know, very easily forgivable quickly because they they did stick to, you know, it was canon basically, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, and it was a a history lesson. <laughs> yeah, one of the things, I, the two things that Highlander has that sucked me in and made me an absolute fucking fan was chronology mm-hmm. and swords. Oh, for my goodness. And how, what else do you need? You got history and swords. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like yes. You know? Uh-huh. So, oh, my goodness. So I think here's here's my theory on what happened. The Highlander movie comes out, and it does pretty well, I think. I, I haven't actually looked into it. I'm not sure how well it did initially when it came out, but enough that it got to cult status and everything, right? So this yes, movie's made, and this movie's badass. This movie is so fucking badass that the franchise somehow survives the sequel. The very next movie being <laughs> the worst sequel in history. <laughs> no, we have to talk about this. Okay? <laughs> the aliens? <laughs> yeah. The, the Flying most, around? The worst sequel in history. Period. Bar none. So much so it's wiped from existence to any decent Highlander fan. Except one that I found that I like to go with what he says happened in Highlander 2. So I think what happened was it was cool and then all the sequels were kind of so bad that made it the nerd of nerddom. Do you know what I mean? Indeed. Like I don't even pay attention to the renegade edition or mario van peebles and his magicalness yeah they're they're just kind of stories you have to kind of dismiss you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i go straight from highlander to the series and then to highlander endgame pretty much um i don't the 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 peebles one the mario van peebles one was horrible but it it fit so i'll I'll let it stay do you know what i mean so basically Mm -hmm. what happened is um, for anybody who doesn't know uh, and still is going to listen to this episode, um, it's spoilers abound. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's from 1986. I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, if you're not, if you haven't watched it, but this may want to make you want it. Okay, so basically, uh, Highlander, all these immortals, and they have to kill each other. They have to take their heads off to kill each other, and it's big wars for fighting. And then one day there'll be one left, and he'll get the prize. So the second movie comes out, and what does it do? It takes the main characters and makes them aliens <laughs> on another fucking planet. So these, immor- <laughs> these immortals Sorry. are aliens who are sent to Earth to fight 
for whatever fucking reason I don't even remember. I watched that like half that movie once and uh, then forced myself to watch the second half another time just to like say I saw it, right? I couldn't get over the guys flying around. Oh, it's so bad. It's so alley. I can't believe Connery. Maybe he was already signed up, but I can't believe that all the stars came back and like they didn't read that script and go, what the fuck is going on here? We're aliens on another planet, but our names are still Ramirez and McLeod. What? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so absolutely ridiculous. So I was online once as I like to be. And I was going through chronology sites, as I like to do. Uh, I'm a big fan of, like, lining up history. I love to read chronologies. Star Wars Essential Essential Chronology is one of my favorite books of all time. So I found a guy who did a chronology of the Highlander series, of of all the stuff, right? Let me me get a pencil. (laughs) Hold on now. This was a while ago. I haven't looked at it lately. Just write in Highlander chronology, and it'll probably come up. But... This guy had the whole chronology down, okay? So I'm reading it, and then it gets to where Highlander 2 should be. And it says Highlander 2. Then you read the description of what happened in that period, and this is what it said. This isn't verbatim, because I don't remember. This is a while ago. This is basically what it says. This is the gist of it. Connor McLeod goes for a walk and takes a nap in the afternoon on a hill. He awakens to find mushrooms that he decides to eat. He goes on a crazy hallucinogenic acid trip where he believes that he and Ramirez were actually aliens from another planet sent to Earth to battle for the prize. And then he goes on (laughs) and describes the rest of the movies and stuff properly, right? So that's what I go with, what this guy wrote. Highlander 2, that was a bad acid trip that Connor McLeod once took. <laughs> and that's not quite unbelievable considering he's immortal. You can make it fit, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, I mean, I, some mushrooms on a hill, why not? <laughs> Christopher Lambert would do absolutely anything, so you could like actually probably get him to film like a new beginning and end to that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, looks like... That what is his the Kardashian father? <laughs> he's so pulled, he's so pulled back and stretched. <laughs> yeah. I just watched him the other. What was it the other night I saw? Oh, it was a bad movie, and he was in it. And I was just like, oh, you had to go and do that movie. What was it? One where he was in a uh, jail with iced tea. Did you see that? No, I didn't he, see that. This okay. was this was Ghost Rider. Spirit of Vengeance? Was he in Spirit of Vengeance? I don't know. I didn't see that one. Nick Cage kind of turned me off. (laughs) He was in some movie I watched the other day, and I was just – it must have been his most recent movie, and I was just like, oh, yikes. You had to show up in that one. But he's made a career out of making horribly weird, awkward movies, so he's he's got a hell of a name. He's one of those guys who's on the cusp. He's like – he's just the ultimate – one of the ultimate B – level movie stars you know what i mean mm-hmm. but getting on to the series and mr adrian paul as you mentioned earlier love this fucking dude yes and start to finish this dude never got the chance he deserved i think i don't even know what he's out there doing now the last thing he had on tv was a tracker yeah no i didn't watch that i i, I watched like the first one just because i liked him but the show was shitty and the guy's highly underrated, I believe, as uh, 
you know, artist. He's a, he's a a martial artist. He's an actor. I mean, he does it all. Yeah. Especially as far as like action. I think he's a very underrated action star. I think the potential that guy could actually have is it's, and I think he really shows it actually in Endgame and the source. The last two highlights. The source was great. I loved it. A little convoluted at the end, but well, that's, I (laughs) totally agree. Now, so basically, what did it come down to? It came down to that the prize was that he could have a kid? I think the prize was he got to start over as a human. I think the ultimate goal was to be human. I, I think I, it was hard with the guy with the Guardian and, uh, you know, everybody starts, you know, Mythos and all uh, all those guys start fighting. And I it, it threw me off a little bit, to be honest with you. Like the end part when they started getting closer to the source and losing their immortality. Yep. That's where I started. It started – not, not that I didn't like it. It, it. it started to lose me a little bit, and I've seen it. I'm, we're talking 15 times on my phone, <laughs> so hmm. I can watch it wherever I am. Nice. And I, I really, really like it, but at the end, I understand the whole premise, and you know, we're getting closer to the end, the, the actual end game. I mean it's post-apocalyptic Highlander, and you know they're running around doing their thing now with their sword wide wide out in the open and they're trying to get to where they all came from like i didn't get that like yeah that's... the source of their power was what a, a big look like a stargate so they like they were going right back to the highlander too <laughs> kind but of i liked yeah. it i liked it i liked it though i mean it was a real good movie and the fighting was great, absolutely. You know, except for the high-speed shit yeah, at the end. It's another thing that's highly underrated in these movies is the choreography and the show, man. The the mm-hmm. the, the sword fights on that show were quality. They absolutely. were fucking yeah. Those were choreographed fights that you knew they put time into. <laughs> and for television, you didn't see sword fights like you've never seen sword fights like that. You mm-hmm. know, I, I loved how they sprinkled Connor in every once in a while. Uh, he that, never that showed was, up on in the my show. Opinion, the best. Yeah, he, he did. I don't think he did, man. I think he was mentioned many times, but I don't think he ever. I think he was only in the yeah. pilot episode. Absolutely, it's the first episode. Yeah. No. So yeah, I'm pretty sure he was only ever on the show one on the premiere episode. On okay. The pilot. Well, I think that in Endgame, that and was you're talking that, to a man. Of. You're t- talking to a man who has all six seasons DVD sitting on the shelf right beside him. Oh heck yeah, me too. <laughs> you me have too. the whole all those box sets like the I, shiny ones. I actually have. I have the. I have all the the videotapes. What? I, yeah, the whole the whole series of videotapes. It's insane. It can't, how many videotapes is that? Hundreds. No, it's <laughs> like twenty in each season. I think it was. Holy fuck, dude! What? Yeah, no, but it, had, it was. It's great. It comes in a big package. It, you know, all the. Uh, movies line up to be a picture and it's pretty cool but i have them all on dvd just they're all on like four dvds okay i got <laughs> i got like, like i can binge watch them no i got the nice uh box sets as they came out the dvd box sets mm-hmm. and uh yeah they're beautiful and the extras are nice and stuff too but uh one time i fractured my ankle at work and i had to sit like- off for a couple months and uh, that's what I did. I watched fucking Highlander <laughs> like all day. And you got a history. Day. You got a history lesson the whole time too. Oh yeah, totally. So, uh, but yeah, the, the it, uh, it was a great show. So yeah, I loved it. 
Except for every now every now and again, it'd be a little corny, like with uh, like they had a spinoff of it. It didn't last very long. It was a uh, Highlander Raven. Yes, with uh, Amanda. Yeah, no, that didn't last but a few episodes, I think. Amanda was cool. She was a fun additive to the show. Yeah, she was she was enjoyable in the show. She grew on you. I remember not liking her at first, and then she started to grow on me. You know, mm-hmm. it's a cheap show though. Like there wasn't much budget there. You know, so they and there weren't very big special effects either. Exactly. A freaking barge. <laughs> yeah. It, How expensive is a barge to rent? <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, they were smart about it. That was a, that show was a Canada Paris co production. Mm. That's why you'll notice half the series was shot in Vancouver and half the series was shot in Paris. And or, Paris or at was least France. All the waterfront scenes, right? That's right. That's where the barge okay. is. When, it, when he was in the barge, those, those seasons were shot in France. And when he was, uh, in the apartment, that was all Vancouver. So, uh, yeah, you're right. Not a big budget. I mean, uh, one of the bigger effects, the quickening was probably the biggest expense of each episode, I'll bet you. I am pretty sure that had to be, especially in the later, like in the, in the series. Yeah, in the series. I mean, they were blowing up almost entire buildings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and also, it was cool to see, because you know when they did the sword fights and the swords would, like, spark when they hit? Yeah. They had those, those were a cable, there'd be a cable running mm-hmm. from the sword up their arm sleeve and then like down out their pant leg. <laughs> wow. So when the swords connected, they made a spark. It was a special swords they had to use, but they had to be, they had to be live. You know what I mean? They couldn't just make a flint post and use a steel sword. I mean, Who knows? <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe this was kind of safer. I don't know. So they basically would charge their swords and, and bang them together and make sparks. And that's how they well, used to do cool. it. So yeah, I bet you, yeah, between that and the quickening was probably the only real effects that they ever really used on the show. So it was cheaply made and really well done, but it was it was written pretty well too. Oh yeah, the writing. You know? I think personally, the writing is phenomenal. I it, it, like. Here's my problem though: it's good enough for then. I do not want it to happen now. It would. I don't want a remake. I don't. I'm not interested. I, I have what I have. It's like remaking the Goonies. No. I, will, I will make a time machine. This is my official threat. I will design an actual time <laughs> machine and go back in time and give whoever's parents make this movie. I'm going to give them condoms, and I'm going to keep them from procreating. <laughs> Don't make me do it. I have plans. <laughs> okay, listen. I'm going to pull a fucking Man of Steel on your ass, and I'm going to make your fucking mind spin here. Okay. Here's the difference. Something like the Goonies is an institution and a piece of art unto itself that should be left alone. The Highlander did it to itself, where it grew itself into a franchise. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's also, whatever you want to think about it, the premise could be used because it is in the show for any time period ever. It can Mm -hmm. be made to fit. Now, I think the reason that a proper Highlander reboot, if done properly, of course, could be highly successful is because elements have been added to the story since the first movie that have really helped to round it out nicely into something bigger where its own universe, for instance, for example, the watchers, loved the idea of the watchers you know i i never mm-hmm. quite jived with the idea that humans didn't know 
mm-hmm. and that no one had ever figured this shit out that's been going on for fucking ever or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I never quite got that. And then when you had the idea of the Watchers, I was like, that's that's one of the things that really pulled me into the show. I was like, right on. This is a cool idea. Yeah, right? I love that they kept logs. How many how many quickenings have you had? Oh yeah, they're they're like pros on their <laughs> immortal. Yeah, totally. So and then they brought Joe Dawson and you know mm-hmm. and well, if, do you do you remember Jacob Kell? How many do you remember how many quickenings he had? He had a lot. He had six hundred and sixty one. I knew until, it was close to seven for sure. And it was until they had the dinner when he greased his whole gang. Yeah. At the end, after he was done killing them all, he had six hundred and sixty six quickenings. <laughs> nice. How'd you spot that? I've watched it more times than I've watched my feet. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, dude. That's fucking, that's detailed attention right there. I know his name of his mom. I know everything. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, you're talking Connor's mom. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, who's Duncan's mom? I haven't met Duncan. Uh, yeah, she was never in there, was she? <laughs> What's the what's the difference between the two? Connor and Duncan? Yeah, is it two or four hundred years? What is it? Okay, um well Connor was oh my mouse isn't moving. I it's think very Connor cold. had like two to four hundred years on him. I think it was maybe four or six. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm scrolling through IMDB now and from what I see it, it was in fifteen thirty six that Connor died and became an immortal. Right. So 1536, and then you look up. I'm pretty up. sure Duncan was the 1700s. Okay, let's check this out. I think. Could be wrong. But I don't want to get too far away from my uh, my my reboot talk here because of the things that have been added, like the Watchers, which is I think is great and I think is brilliant. And there's a few things that were added that never quite made – super sense and that could be rounded out into bigger stories for example in the series when duncan comes across the highlander in the cave mm-hmm. the immortal who's been waiting for him for however many hundreds of years because of the prophecy and stuff uh-huh whoa where did that <laughs> come from who made this prophecy what prophecy whoa what's going on here okay I think that could really be touched on and added to the story, right? So mm-hmm. here's basically what my Highlander remake would be. It would basically be the first movie, but it would be a much wider scape, right? Mm-hmm. More global sets and locations, really travel the world a lot. Like that teleporting thing they had going on? No, no, not at all. I'm talking like take all the sci-fi pretty much out of it. I don't like the sci-fi aspect. I do mm-hmm. like Highlander kind of for the magic aspect of it. I'm not even – and that's weird because normally I'm a sci-fi guy and I'm not into magic or Lord of the Rings or much of that at all or wizards or whatever. But when you call Highlander, that's magic to me. I love this shit. So what I would have – here's my Highlander remake – is basically the first movie. I would add in the Watchers. I don't think I would – touch on duncan you don't I, think who like would you cast a new highlander yes yes okay yes i'm talking duncan have you seen him recently because he looks very refined and like you know 
Sean Connery. Oh, Sean here we Connery-ish. go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I would want Adrian Paul in the movie, but I would want him in a different role. Okay. Not as Duncan? Not as Duncan. I'd want him to play a different role. Because here's one of the cool things I would want to do with the movie. I would want to include many more immortals and many more battles for Connor to go through. Mm-hmm. And I would like them all to be cameos by famous actors of that country. That would be cool. So say he's in uh, Austria or Germany <laughs> or wherever the fuck and he comes across some Bronze Age fucking, <laughs> you know crazy old fucking Eastern European Cossack or something uh-huh. and fucking like throw Arnie in there and he gets a sword fight with Arnie. You I mean, that would I'm be saying? cool. I mean, it would seem, I don't, it, the problem for me is I love this movie so much and I, I just can't see it being done right. Okay. Hold on. So, and then Christopher Lambert, I would love him to play like a Frenchman cause he's a fucking Frenchman. So mm-hmm. let him play a fucking Frenchman, and that would be his nice cameo, right? So I would keep the same movie, the same plot, the same idea, um, the Kurgan, you know, keep it all. You have to be careful with your recasting because you wouldn't want to lose the heart of it. I would just give it more of a realistic, epic scope that it would deserve, like a Braveheart feel. Do you know what okay, I mean? Yeah. Like I'm talking years between when he became an immortal just, and New York. Yes, just include <laughs> a bit more of that. Okay. Take a take away a little bit of the him and Heather playing in the fucking grass. Yeah. There's a little bit much of that that could go and be fixed and could be done much more cleanly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. So, but I mean, keep Ramirez, but actually make him a Spaniard. Greetings. I am Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez, chief metallurgist to King Charles V of Spain, and I'm at your service. Like cast like <laughs> like Antonio Banderas. Oh, how's that? As that, a Ramirez, he's got the age now too. That's his teacher, right? Totally. So I would do it the same, but I would just I would do it with the respect that it deserves. Do you know what I mean? Not that it well, was that, not yeah. that they didn't treat it with respect, but I'm saying this story is so fucking brilliant and magical. It deserves more. It deserves not to just be left alone. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. that's how I kind of feel about it. So I would want the same movie, but I would just want it more beautiful and, and, you know, exotic landscapes, you know, and fucking shit like that. More like the TV show, actually. Yeah. When they had the flashbacks, isn't it amazing how they made Paris or Vancouver look like everywhere in the fucking world? It was awesome. Yeah. Every, every single one of those flashbacks in those movies that are those, those episodes, brought you deeper into the canon of the show and it, it allowed you to see who he was and yes. why he makes these decisions. And I'm basically like that. saying reboot it and mix the show and movie. Add the show, add all the elements, like, but cut out Duncan. Maybe you could do Duncan in a sequel if it's, you know, exciting or something. Or maybe he runs into him yeah, at, or, at or some whatever. point in his life, you know, yeah. or, you know, he knows of him because of being a <clears throat> Islander as well. Yeah, for sure, you know? Because it was never clear a lot of stuff. Like, what the fuck was the Kurgan? Hi. I'm Candy. <sighs> of course you are. Uh, Russian. Was he Russian? Yes, he was, he was a Russian conqueror. Okay, cool. And he, he was he was the oldest and strongest at that point. Now I loved is 
the the mythos edition. Well, see, that's what I was about to say. When you throw yeah. in one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse as an immortal, yeah. When when he came on, like when they were doing the whole he doesn't exist thing, like he knew about the he was a watcher. Remember he was that his own watcher. Yep. <laughs> Adam whatever. I can't remember the last name, but his name was Adam. Adam Weber. Adam Weber. And he was his own fucking watcher. Mm-hmm. And that's how he kept them from finding him. It's awesome. Oh, it was, I, I, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. And he would just say all these things. <laughs> and Peter Wingfield, he's an amazing – he was perfectly cast. He's an amazing actor. Peter Wingfield is – he was fucking – Mythos. Great. Yeah. He's a fine actor, that boy. He was in X-Men 2 as well. He was Stryker's right-hand man, but I really like that right. guy. And I really like his uh, – his. I don't know. There was just something young yet ageless. He portrayed like an ancient dude really well. And what was Mythos supposed to be, like 8,000 or some kind of shit like that? I think he was like 5,000. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm looking through it now looking for Mythos, but I can't find his name, so I don't know what the hell they're going to do here. Fucking – I would take it back. I would make it like – Something I've, I've I've teased this idea. I don't know if this would be cool, but what if? Because you you do need to come up with an origin eventually if you're going to explain things properly. Because I'm a like maybe that's just me personally that I love origins and I will dig and dig and dig until I can find where something came from or where it truly started. Right? Mm-hmm. Like when Dawn of the Jedi came out, the comic book from Dark Horse, I squeed all over the goddamn world. I was like, you got to be absolutely fucking with me that you're going to give me this, the absolute Dawn of the Jedi, because it's always been rumors and conjecture and things that don't fit with each other. And, you know, apparently they were the brothers of Barabel and all this fucking crazy shit. And I never could track it down. And uh, so I would love to actually figure it out, you know, like, mm-hmm. where did this come from? I always thought it might be cool if it was something neat, like, say, Atlantis. When Atlantis or something or some ancient civilization was falling apart, they to save their race or something or to save the world, they put their like ultimate power energy into these like certain t- like a gene into this one line. So anyone mm-hmm. born with this gene is an immortal, and then they have to fight for the prize, which ends up being the ultimate power of this ancient civilization or something. Do you know what I mean? I do. Yeah. So I always thought that maybe like just something. You know what I mean? There's only one origin that I am okay with always remaining a mystery and they're talking about actually doing the origin now and it scares me. And that is Master Yoda. Wow. Yeah. That would be an insane movie though. It would. It would be something pretty crazy, but they're talking about doing his whole story as one of the standalone movies and man – isn't there a lot of canon, though? I mean... <laughs> There's none for Yoda. That's the thing. Yoda... Really? I thought he went back. I thought he was one of the first Jedi. No. Um, Jedi go much further back. He was only 900 years old. I mean, the, oh, Je- okay. the Jedi were like thousands of years old, right? All right. And, uh, no, just his, own mis- just his own personal story has always been a mystery. There's been hints, but... Very few hints, because there's only ever been three of his species. There oh. was there was him. A little inbreeding. <laughs> there was Yaddle. Uh, like, I don't know, not in the universe, just in, like, ever, like, characters in the Star Wars universe. Okay. There's only ever been three of his species who are characters. And that's him, and that's Yaddle, who you can see as one of the uh, council members in The Phantom Menace in Episode 1. 
Okay. It's the girl Yoda with a red shock of hair on top. Yeah, I thought, I thought there was a girl one in there. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a video game that features pretty much a Yoda clone with some other name. But he's more of a warrior Jedi. And I'm, I can't remember his name. But these are the only three actual characters. Now, I, I've also heard of another story that talked about this one place that has ancient temples that have Yoda figures like carved into them. And that's where his species goes to meditate or do something special. But other than that, it's that's it. That's it. We know nothing about him. We don't know his species. We don't know if Dagobah is his home planet or just where he went into exile. We don't know a goddamn thing other than that he's 900 years old because he said that. Actually, you know what? He didn't even say that he's 900 years old. He said – no, yeah, he did. He said when, you, when 900 years old you reach, uh, look as good, will you? <laughs> you know? And – uh but he also mm-hmm. said he also said for nine hundred years have I trained Jedi or something you know what I mean so mm-hmm. he's fucking old dude and we have no idea but for some reason he's the one mystery I'm okay with I, it should remain that way almost I don't know well if they tell it they better tell it good because it's gonna piss off a lot of people if they don't do it right yeah absolutely it's I think that's the kind of piss off that makes people say you know what I'm not gonna see the next one the hell with what was his name. Uh, Boba Fett. <laughs> mm-hmm. Though I really want to see a Boba Fett movie. I think the Boba, Boba Fett movie... Anything Mandalorian would be nice. I think Boba Fett or Han will be the first solo movie. I think it's going to be Han because they can put a good-looking guy in there and sell tickets. I don't know, but Boba Fett's in the, uh, like a more recognizable... I don't know. It's a tough call. But you can throw them both together because technically they're both... That's what I, I mean, would think. One guy's a mercenary, one guy's a smuggler. So what's the difference? They should be about the same age as the thing. I mm-hmm. mean, at the end of episode two, you've got what? 10, 12-year-old little Boba Fett, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, when does New Hope happen? How many years later? Fucking probably like 22 years later or something. Enough to make old Ben you know. Kenobi go gray. So you've got uh, Boba Fett, who's in his late 30s probably, which is around where you'd put – or mid-30s, around where you'd put Han Solo, you know. Maybe a little – Han would be a little younger, so. And it makes sense because they've crossed paths in the past, right? So mm-hmm. you figure Plenty of times they yeah. have to yeah. if they work with Jabba. Plus we'll have to see what happens when the storyboard, as they call themselves, you know, rewrites all the canon that they're about. <laughs> is that what they um... – they put together me, a, yeah. a board of people, and they're going to decide what is in and what is out. Yeah, I heard that on the last episode. I was wondering yeah. if that had – is there any progress been made with that? Uh, yeah, man, because I don't mm-hmm. – they're, well, they're taking oh. it serious. Plus, there's a lot of shit to go through, you know? <laughs> yeah. But the, the talk is that the script oh, – not even the talk is. JJ said the script is done. So we got the script. Story's done. Things are ready to roll. They're saying uh, as early as May, they'll start shooting, man. And which means by May that they're going to have casting done, of course. I, I don't know if Carrie Fisher will announce she's in it again. Yeah, that may happen for the year. <laughs> be a big time. press conference. <laughs> I've lost 20 pounds. But and you know I'm who did today Wars. admit to having been contacted uh, by the Star Wars people? And that is Mr. Gary fucking Oldman. Wow. Yeah, how would that be? They ain't fucking around with some of the Serious names I've lap. heard, man. Well, think of it. They have their pick. They have their goddamn pick of any actor because not only is it 
George Lucas not around, you know, and uh, taking on whatever. But they know this one's going to be better than the prequels. So people are just, I don't know, more willing. It's like J.J.'s got his pick and choose because who doesn't want to work with J.J.? Absolutely. Who thinks he's not going to do something like that well? Yeah, like you have to be retarded, like – to turn down Star Wars. And that's why half the people were in it, even though they knew it was bad, you know? Like I just hope the story that they tell of, what, what is it, the, the episode, what, seven? Yeah. I hope episode seven tells the end story of, you know, Leia, Luke, dead Han, maybe. Well, the whole idea is that they're going to pass it on to the kids over mm-hmm. the next two movies because the reason that, Michael Arndt left as the writer is because he wanted to focus on the kids right away in the first movie. And JJ wanted to do another movie focusing on the original three and then kind of hand it over. So I guess that kind of stemmed into too many, too much infighting or whatever. So they kind of finally like fixed it up and did it that. So I'm really surprised by that, to be honest. I'm really surprised to hear that the movie will focus on those three. Well, I'm happy that it will because there needs to be, like you say, an origin story. This is the origin story for the kids. This this is why they are who they are and where they came from. Technically. But dude, they could change so much. Like, cause like, oh my goodness, I don't know how it's gonna work because depending on what age they do it with the kids, at the age that the kids should be, at the age that the characters are, if they go with their kind of real life ages, mm-hmm. uh, Anakin would be dead. I'm pretty sure a little Anakin Solo would be dead at this point after he sacrificed himself in the Yuuzhan Vong war. So is the Yuuz are the Yuuzhan Vong going to exist? Like oh, they have to I decide on that yet, right? I am shocked that it's probably going to end up that the whole EU didn't fucking happen. Well, that would be very upsetting for a ton of people. There's more people that have read the books than have seen the movies at this point. Well, I think we're gearing up. I think all of us EU heads are totally gearing up for it. We're just going to have to accept that shit's going to be fucking different. I'll be happy enough at this point if they keep their names. (laughs) Their names are Jason, Jaina, and Anakin. And if Luke has a kid named Ben, I will be thrilled. But (laughs) if they go as far as to absolutely invent brand new fucking characters... Man, that's going to be a head trip. That's going to be a head trip, dude. How do you fucking ignore the past 20 years? Like, uh, uh, head trip. Well, I do say that at one point I've heard you guys talk about it. I'm not as big into the Star Wars extended universe as some people are. But you did speak of a time when the Jedi were outcast and they spread all over the place because they were being hunted and killed. Well, there should be no Jedi right now. Well, there. Well, that was after the purge, right? Mm-hmm. Like after that was when Vader was hunting them all down. But that's all. Yeah. So they're gone. So this is going to be. If there's any Jedi's in these movies, it's Jedi's. They could have Jedi's that are already trained in this movie because Luke's been training them for the past however many years, eighteen, mm-hmm. twenty years, right? Now, do we have a a confirmation that Luke is a protagonist in this movie? Oh, because I've been, you know, reading things and some say that Luke went the way of Vader towards the end. Well, that happened in the book and Leia had to bring him back from the dark side because he joined the the Emperor Palpatine got cloned. He cloned himself and he came Mm -hmm. back. This is what the whole Thrawn trilogy is and shit. 
that's what they were saying they were going to try to base this on, right? Right. Well, originally that's when everybody wanted them to base it on, but the the problem with that is that took place right after Jedi, mm-hmm. unless they take that story and bump it back many years. But Luke joins the new cloned Emperor to, uh, you know, kind of destroy the Sith from the inside is his plan. But he gets sucked in, and Leia's got to come and for the first time display her Jedi-ness and bring back her brother. No, she hasn't been trained, though, has she? A little bit at that time. Luke's, okay. been, Luke's been working with her. Oh, okay. So she's now, not... Did a, they get through the kiss, or...? I think they... <laughs> Yeah, they were able to to deal with that whole situation. A little intergalactic psychotherapy helped them out. Yeah, so so yeah, that's the way he just started kind of playing with her and stuff. And I'm pretty sure she had a lightsaber in that, but I can't remember. I think she'd had her own lightsaber by then. So she was that trained enough, you know, if she mm-hmm. did. So, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's totally a head trip. But this, the Highlander, to me, is a universe that could be expanded that far. Maybe, I mean, I'd like to see it done if so it was done right, you know? Extensively, I would do it right. I'm, well, then I hire you. You're hired. Nice. <laughs> Write it. <laughs> Sweet. I'm on that shit. <laughs> I've you have dreamed about and confidence. <laughs> I've dreamed about different, like, Highlanders for years, and there was a period there where I really would have liked to put Jude Law in the role. Yeah, he seems rugged enough. I mean, you have to look. Here's the thing with the movies and and the tv no, see, show they he did wasn't a... rugged not connor connor was not rugged connor was a tiny little pipsqueak of a dude really you yeah, know i don't mean i don't mean large I, I i just mean more battle like as the movies progressed like in i know they're not supposed to age and that's why they ended end game the way they did but yeah the problem is people age <laughs> and you're gonna have to show that to a degree, like like maybe they say they don't age like regular people. Because if they're going to start a new franchise, they're going to need this guy to look the same age for the next 10 years. Yeah, you do have to find someone who's kind of... And they were pushing it in Endgame. Yeah, the, they, oh, they Lambert, totally were. Lambert yeah. did not yeah. look all that great. No, he didn't at all. And they were, you know, they, they weren't expecting to have to do that. Definitely, you know. They should have used that, that new uh, digital <laughs> aging technology stuff on them, like they used um, Professor X and shit. Yeah, right. It's a lot of botox, <laughs> a lot of botox, and some green screen. <laughs> Sorry, people, but you're hearing the rustling of my uh, my Ziploc bag. Excellent. Now, now you are about to hear the world of wonder. <laughs> Making bu- coffee, I see. <laughs> the buzz of beauty. Happy birthday, Bob. They should make an R2-D2 fucking coffee grinder. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be the shit. I'm just, well, I'm just looking at my coffee grinder, and it's totally the shape of a fucking astromech droid, or a Dalek. You could make a there Dalek, too. That'd be sweet. Doctor Who's so far away, dude. I can't believe how long we have to wait for it. When's it coming out again? Uh, fucking September. Uh September. It's going to be this shitty weather again by the time I get to see new Doctor Who. That's unreal. Well, maybe you'll get stuck inside and have to binge watch a bunch. Nice. But it's probably, like, I mean, Episode 7 is due out in 2015. That's pretty damn close. That's true. 
I so, wasn't you know. surprised when they pushed back Justice League or whatever the hell they're going to call it. You know, so. I think it's all part of the plan. <laughs> Me too, <laughs> I don't man. Think that they push back anything. I mean, what do you think of the new casting? What do you think of Eisenberg? And I'm not fond of Eisenberg, but I'm willing to give it a shot. I am fond of his abilities, and I think I think oh, he's a good actor. No, I don't take that. But you know, he's gonna make us hate him. He's gonna make us. hate That's him. what I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want a Lex Luthor that I can relate to. Yeah, and hate. Yeah, I, love I understand. The idea. He's just trying to save the human race. I get that whole, you know, dichotomy that he runs by, but it, it's it's got to be. He's got to be bad, bad. Like when Lex Luthor is bad, he is yeah. bad. Well, they got to make him actual evil genius and do genius stuff. And, you know, he'll be a tinier, more resentful. He's going to resent Superman more than anything, being kind of like more pipsqueakier, you know? Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're going to bring any of the uh, Smallville canon into it at all with the whole uh, knew them when he was a kid type of thing. Uh, I don't think so. I think they would have addressed that already. No, they I, they won't because, you know, there's already plenty of LexCore and shit in Man mm-hmm. of Steel, you know, so. Oh, yeah. No, I've I've since watched it and seen many and my wife locked me out of the house. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 you're going to sleep in the chicken coop tonight, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go stoke up the fire. Uh, I'm going to yet again. In honor of the tough gong, this evening, yet again, yet again, I'm going to flick my back. Flick the back. Flicking of the back? Yes. Mm. Now it's finding of the house keys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I hope you're well clothed if you're out in in the snowness. I am actually still in my work clothes, minus the Carhartt jumpsuit I wear. <laughs> Nicely done, indeed. Um, you know what does bother me about Ramirez, though? <laughs> What's he say? Uh, now, Bendejo. <laughs> I love that yeah. part. <laughs> actually, I'm Egyptian. Haggis. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? That sounds revolting. Oh, Christopher Lambert's Scottish accent is the worst thing <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. But Jude Law, it's the eyes. What I loved about the Highlander, I still love that first shot when they're at the wrestling show. Mm-hmm. And it zooms in all the way onto his eyes. And you see oh, those yeah. crazy fucking eyes of his. That's mm-hmm. kind of what part made me think Jude Law. Jude Law well, what could... about the part when they zoom out from his eyes into the Mona Lisa? Yeah, it's great shit, man. That fucking who was the director again? Was it Russell Mulcahy? Mulcahy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Russell Mulcahy did that one. He wrote Davis and directed, and didn't he? I believe so. Let me yeah. flip over the disc and look. Yes, badass shit. Start. Davis Panzer production, a Russell Mulcahy film. Screen screen screenplay by Gregory Wyden and Peter Bellwood yes, and Larry right. Ferguson. Right, Gregory. The characters are created by Gregory Wyden because his name was on the front of the uh, series too, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. absolutely, that's what happened there. But uh, we cannot let uh, a Highlander conversation go without talking about the soundtrack. Oh, Queen! Are you kidding yeah, because every I'm, song, every song, Queen, All great. whole soundtrack, Queen. Hey, Queen, will you do our soundtrack for this crazy fucking movie with these guys cutting their heads off? Freddie Mercury, Shad, love to do it, and then he does it. And Do I get write to wear some of the pants? fucking craziest shit ever. Like, look at the songs that came out of that movie, man. Want Who wants to live forever? To live Please. Forever. 
Highlander's whole existence is worth just that one fucking song. Yeah. That song, which they also use that song and much of the Queen soundtrack throughout the series. Throughout oh, the, the television yeah, no. series was absolutely, uh, but then the, the really nice touch for the TV series was throwing in dust in the wind. Mm. Very good. I, I, I enjoyed the TV series. I always, it was like, you know, I can sing it to you. <laughs> That's the, 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 the opening sequence. It was just so fantastic. And did you know that in the opening sequence of the TV series, they used several clips from the Highlander two movie, the quickening as, you know, shots in the back, you know, did they, they really? Yeah. Yep. Wow. That's kind of yeah, odd. I just read that on IMDb a little bit ago. I wonder where they would do that. Cheap. They've talked they about it. remakes. <laughs> I heard they're going to do a remake with fucking Ryan Reynolds. And I was no, like, I, why I, is I, it always with Ryan Reynolds? Because he's got six packs. Because <laughs> he's got six packs. And he's a wise ass. The Highlander was a wise ass. Oh, man. I'd love to just, I'd love to see it done epically with him on ships traveling to lands, far off distant lands and running into other immortals and getting drunk and you could have fits in it. Someone else play fits like Roger Daltrey as a cameo, as a regular cameo appearance. That's that's great. That's an awesome thing. How do you get that? I mean, that is amazing. (laughs) I think he's a fan of the, maybe he's a fan. You know, I'm not sure how that happened, but he was doing more than just that at the time. During that period, Roger Daltrey got into acting. He was doing more than just Mm -hmm. Highlander, but that definitely was something he was regular on. And I don't know, there's just something so rock star about the Highlander because of the Queen doing the soundtrack mm-hmm. and uh, Roger Daltrey. I, I don't know. And I the love guy the from Fine Young Cannibals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's Darius was his name? Yeah, I think his name was Darius. Yeah, that's On the show. Right. Yeah. So it's it's very, I don't know, something very rock and roll. So it'd be cool if you had the Fitz character in there, maybe hanging out with Connor, but like some new rock star. Do you know what I mean? That would work for me. Be like Bono. Tyler. <laughs> Fuck that, Bono. Yeah. No, I'm trying to save the world. <laughs> Play your <Bono>. music. <laughs> Come be our Irish cameo. <laughs> uh, 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 I'd rather uh, see the Irish guy from Braveheart. <laughs> <laughs> My island. <laughs> I still don't get why they had to do that. It's so strange. But I mean, half, most of Braveheart is fucking not really what <laughs> happened anyway. So. Well, movie magic is what it is. It is. I, lo- I love the movie. I don't worry too much about William Wallace. <laughs> You know how it's funny because there's a whole part where he's like, guy, he was seven feet tall and blah, 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 blah. Shoots lightning from his arse. The thing about William Wallace is that he was seven feet tall. The thing about William Wallace is that he was a beast of a fucking man. He was huge. You know what he used for a weapon? Like, you know how they had mace, like the ball Mm -hmm. on a chain? You know what he used? He used a fucking cannonball welded to a chain. (laughs) Wow. That's what he fucking used. You can go see William Wallace's actual Claymore. They have his fucking actual sword, and it'll be taller than you. I guarantee it. And he he would wield this thing and take five heads at a time. You know, that's one big thing that bothered me about Braveheart, like the movie and shit, was that like – and he had an epic beard too, eh? Well, that's another thing I thought about with the Highlander. All these years – the only time, only one of the immortals I saw that had a righteous beard was Duncan, and that was in the first episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when he washes ashore in Japan. Is that what mm-hmm. you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, that's totally. No, um, 
Yeah, no, no. When he Connor's uh, had a beard. Connor had a beard and long hair at times. When he was in the sanctuary, didn't he come out oh, with a beard yes, and? That. Yeah, the sanctuary. Yeah. Jacob Kell. Yeah. Oh, that that was a great story. It was a cool story, man. It that was, was definitely the way to go with that one. Yeah, man. There was trying to think back to some of the cooler stories that I enjoyed, but they were just they were all so good. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. I, I used to like uh, he did well. You could tell he really enjoyed doing the nineteen like twenties and thirties ones, like the turn of the century. And stuff. With, the, with the mustache and the yeah, little you could tell he was like anything where he could be gangster or mm-hmm. you know in a fight in a speakeasy. Like you could tell that he enjoyed doing that. You know, yeah, with a band over their yeah. short hair and a little headband on. And how about what's his name, Charlie? Remember Charlie? Mm-hmm. The guy he had run the gym for him. Yep. who for some reason was always freaking out because he just couldn't understand why McLeod was doing what he's doing. Why are you wow. doing that, McLeod? McLeod, I don't understand why you're doing that right now. <laughs> How are we going to make any money? <laughs> I'm just trying to understand. Don't you know I can help you? <laughs> that guy was such a pain in the butt sometimes. Uh, it was a and so was, uh, was it uh, Stan Kirsch, Richie. Richie, what the fuck was up with Richie? What a horrible fucking character. Like, I, I like the idea of him being Doo. a teacher. Totally scrappy dude. You're totally right. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I can deal with it because I love the show, but this guy's a dork. <laughs> and that, coming from me, that's a high compliment in some areas, but this oh, means oh. dork. Mega dork, dude. Total mega dork. I never understood. I just And he was such a wussy, too. Like, they'd be hanging outside of the the barge in the freezing cold waiting for someone to come and try and kill him. And Richie would be like, I'm, I'm cold. Yeah. <laughs> Duncan would say the cold keeps, you know, keeps you sharp. But nice. the, the hell with that. I'm going in for a coat. He goes in for a coat. And of course they come. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, it's just the actor. It's not even the character that bothered me. It was the I, actor. I just didn't like that guy. Like, he, I didn't had, like he had no ability really. I mean, he was playing off the other characters. He had no, anima there was nothing in his character yeah like and it's especially works that you say scrappy do because he was like a cartoon he wasn't like a real person he was just so two-dimensional it was like mm-hmm. what the fuck? but he wasn't in that many episodes though what he did he did like a season i think i see i had it up on the on the laptop a while ago yeah it's, it was very few and it was towards yeah. the end it was he in did the, a season the late 90s. and then he left and then he came back and they did an arc where he came back and, yep, uh, I remember that. Then he was immortal. Yeah, when he came back. Okay, here's. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you might have just heard the ding, ding, dang of my dang along ling long as my phone went off here. Uh, is that the the 303 ninja? Well, no, that wasn't the 303 ninja. That was actually our friend Jesse from over at the Dragon Fisters podcast. Uh, the Dragon Fisters are fellow Points of Interest podcast network members, and they do uh, live actual role play D and D tabletop. Mm-hmm. And they're fucking awesome, awesome fucking people. Mm-hmm. Jesse's great. Uh, actually, me, uh, Francis, host of A Critical Moment of Awesome, and Josh, host of fucking everything else, um, <laughs> El Haquez, and uh, Mr. Bachman, um, Anthony Bachman of the Next Element Pod, we all got together and did kind of a points of interest uh, game. We played, I think it's going to be like a three-episode arc, nice. is what it will probably uh, work out to. What, so, D&D? Yeah, it's uh, Dungeon Delvers, I think is the name of it. Nice. Uh, a friend of theirs wrote the game and stuff, so uh, we played and had a great time. It was awesome. 
Uh, I'm a I'm a crazy psychotic uh, cleric, like cleric elvet elvish cleric or something. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really fucking. It's totally cool. And we That's had a cool great time doing it. But uh, I've been talking. I was talking to Jesse and two of the other hosts on the Dragon Fisters are apparently Mad Highlander fans. Excellent. Yeah. So what I thought was it's a perfect time for the return of the spoiler alert theater. Um, spoiler alert theater is a show that used to go on the junk food podcast network before we merged with points of interest. And that was a show where all the hosts could get together from all the various shows. And we would talk about one chosen subject and topic. Uh, we did uh, Skyfall, James Bond. We did a Dark Knight. We did a Doctor Who. Uh, we did a Resident Evil Extinction, I think. And uh, it's it's a good excuse to get together and have a fun time. So I think we're going to do it for its first debut episode on the Points of Interest Podcast Network. And I think we're going to do a Highlander Spoiler Alert Theater. Excellent. Yes. So uh, look out for that. We're going to try and make that happen. That's a good time. Um, anybody who listened to the last episode, thank you so much. Uh, I really enjoyed putting that one together. Uh, Townsend Coleman was fucking awesome shit. Awesome sauce. <laughs> I had a really good time. I had a great oh, time. Man. Coming up soon will be the 80s Toy Con in May. I think it's oh. May. Oh, did you win any of the door prizes? I didn't enter. Oh, okay. I didn't feel right. Uh, I was... Uh, granted, uh, what's the word? Oh, he fucking let me in. So <laughs> I don't know. Press credentials? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, he got, yeah, he hooked me up. Um, you know, Colin, thank you so much for letting us in. Uh, yeah, it almost was our first unofficial official press gig. And, uh, you know, uh, we tried to support the show as much as we could. Um, I'm sure you saw us blasting at you out there. If you oh, follow yeah. us on Twitter or Facebook, and uh, it's a great opportunity on a nice, mellow stage to meet these amazing people like Nikolai Volkov and Townsend Coleman, where you can shake their hand and just hang out. And uh, I got to do that, and it was cool. And I had a nice, like, half-hour chat with uh, Roy Mitchell, CEO of the uh, 501st Canadian Garrison. Yes, I, I listened to that. He spoke very, very well of making suits. Mm-hmm. And then that new guy jumped in. <laughs> It's cool how they do that shit, eh? Yeah, that guy walked up and uh, it's funny because whenever you're podcasting, you know, people walk up and they, they then they realize that you're not just talking to the person, that there's like a recording device there and they <laughs> stop like mid-sentence and they kind of go, oh, oh, like they've walked in front of a picture. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like you're taking a picture. You got pod bombed. Yeah, people always do that. I'm always like, no, no, hey, fucking join the conversation, please, you know? content is king yeah so that was super super fun but uh this has been super super fun as well just to sit around and shoot the shit about the highlander it's good to get back to your roots sometimes i in 92 episodes i we've never i've never sat down with anybody and just talked highlander for an hour i have one question for you what's that all right dash his last name is dash damon dash yeah he played he played one of the immortals in highlander endgame did he really yeah, what isn't that the Rockefeller guy? I or, think so. Yeah, isn't the he, yeah he had guns? Okay, do you, do you remember that? Like, I'm not, a, so. I'm not a sword guy. He said, 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because he, he shot Duncan like three or four times before. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's when he fell out and landed on the rebar, and then the watchers took him and right, yeah, put him in the sanctuary. I do remember. Yes. Okay. What what the hell is with the guns? Those guys were all immature, brand new, like brand newbies. new immortals who hadn't had t- proper teachers, and his whole thing was just to shoot you, gun you down, and then cut your head off. Well, I would think that that would be the damn best way to do it. It would be the best way to do it, but it'd be the most <laughs> dishonorable way to do it as mm-hmm. well, now, wouldn't it? And now, what's the they... point of having that universe with all these immortals if they're not going to have a little honor now? Mm-hmm. And some rules. Like, let's discuss one of the rules real quick, if you don't oh, mind. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, what happens if they fight on holy ground? What, from what I've seen, earthquakes. I've seen swords shatter. Yes, yes, sword shatter, earthquakes. Um, and Duncan had made mention of a dark quickening. Yeah, didn't that happen once, actually? Yeah, it happened. It, happened. it was like a three-episode arc. And, yeah, no, it was a dark like, – he killed somebody or, you know, he took their head and it was just this unbelievably bad uh, immortal. Yes, yeah, I and remember. He took all of that on, but they, you know, you take it all on anyway. But he was just so bad that he overpowered the good in Duncan. Yes, yes, and I he remember. looked he looked badass for three episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. I remember what you're saying there, and he was just causing shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, it was Mythos that had to stop him. <coughs> Sorry, I can't believe cough, I can actually there. have this conversation with anyone. <laughs> It is. It fucking was Mythos that stopped them. That's right, man. Fucking good times. Yeah. Um, I don't think there are any other rules other than that. You can't fight on holy ground. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Isn't that pretty much it? I, I'm trying to think. I, I thought there was another one. It's not like gremlins. You can feed them after yeah. midnight, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. There's an immortal gremlin. <laughs> Um, I guess you could look kind of, it's kind of a rule, it's like, uh, you know, your first death has to be a violent one. Yeah, the, yeah, the, that's how you become immortal. Yeah, that's how you become immortal. If you have the gene, it doesn't kick in unless, if it is a gene, it doesn't kick in unless... Acted upon by an outside stress. I would think, though, because even immortals can tell when people who aren't immortal yet are immortal. Yes. And I think that could probably be used... If they were to do a remake, because I mean, you know, that's a quick way to get a couple hundred quickenings. You know, the people yeah, totally. That's a they bit don't of know a they're immortal yet. <laughs> that's a bit of a ripoff. So, but we're gonna we're gonna cut the head off right there because uh, you know we could talk about this for days and days and days. Uh, I'm sure, and and we will. So, I, do you think it's dead? I don't think that, the franchise is dead. Somebody no. will pick it up. Somebody will do something. They have to reboot at this point too. They can't. It's it's got to be good. Yeah, it's, it's got to be good. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I'm going to see it. <laughs> I don't care. I'm worried if they that make it will. I'll be depressed. But yeah, I'll be there. I'm still going. I don't know. We'll have to see how it how it'll be. But uh, I'm trying to think anything else. Uh, next episode, I believe. Next episode, we got uh, more comic book goodness coming up. Uh, go to Kickstarter and put in Super Stoner. And uh, see what comes up and see if you like it because I saw it and uh, I think I might like what's going to be coming up. So uh, check out Super Stoner. should be coming soon. It's going to be episode 93 next. Seven after that, it's going to be the big 
see, motherfuckers. Oh. oh my god, I can't believe it's it's been... I can't believe there's well over 92 hours of me <laughs> out there talking. If you were a TV talking. show, you'd be syndicated by now. I would be fucking syndicated, bitches. Bitches, I would be all over them affiliates. That's what I would fucking be. Affiliate yourselves with us on Twitter at AEW Podcast. Take a look at the Points of Interest Podcast Network. Go onto Twitter and follow at Nemesis underscore studios. They do lots of fun stuff because that's Stan. And you can also follow Stan himself at the words of Stan. Stan, I love you. I love you too, Jack. You're a wonderful human being. Oh, and so, so are all of you out there tonight. That's all we have for this week. Take it Dude died in a hang gliding accident. What an idiot!